Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. Good evening and welcome to another episode of That's Truth here on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, broadcasting from the beautiful island of Antigua. I'm Nathan Owens, and sitting across the desk from me tonight is a guest host. Pastor Murphy is not able to join us tonight, unfortunately, but we have a very familiar voice here on the Radio Lighthouse filling in for him, that of Pastor Martin, the pastor of Maranatha Baptist Church here in Jennings Village, Antigua. Pastor Martin, it's good to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Let me start out, as I often do, by sharing our contact information. This is a live interactive program, and we not only desire your interaction, we thrive off of it, and it encourages others to tune in and to ask their questions. So if you have a question, feel free to give us a call, and you can be put live on the air by calling one 268 462 7420. I'll give that to you again as you get your phone unlocked or a pen and a paper to write it down. Call and be put live on the air 268 462 7420. If you would rather not speak live on the air, not a problem at all. We still have other ways that you can interact with us. You can send us a WhatsApp or a text message at 1268 782. One four five four again. WhatsApp or text two six eight seven eight two one four five four. If you are tech savvy and you're on the internet and you have Facebook, you can go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, click on the Facebook Live video feed, and right there on your device, whether it's your phone or your tablet, you can, in the comment section under that video feed, you can send your question, and Pastor Martin will answer your question or be asked your question in a timely manner live on the air. Pastor Martin, I'm going to go ahead and apologize, uh, ask your forgiveness ahead of time. If I call you Pastor Murphy during tonight's program, Pastor, uh, it's just out of habit, and especially with Martin and Murphy not being too far <laughs> apart. So I will go ahead and clear the water ahead of time. No problem. Tonight's topic is one that really it was has intrigued many people for a long time, and but especially since COVID came about, it's something that really got renewed interest, not only within the church, but also within the secular world, people starting to pull in what they believe the Bible says and asking questions about it. And the topic is the mark of the beast. Pastor, what opening comments do you have to kind of set the table or the platform for our discussion tonight? 
Thank you, Brother Nathan, and good night again to everyone. I really count it a privilege to share with you tonight. I really want to look at what the scripture has to say about this subject, the mark of the beast. And as Brother Nathan mentioned, one reason for this is because of what many were saying and are still saying, especially about this COVID-19 vaccine. You know, COVID-19, this pandemic, this coronavirus, has caused many speculations, superstitions, and suspicions throughout the world. Nothing like this pandemic has ever happened in our lifetime, actually in my lifetime. And as a result, many are confused. Many are cautious when it comes to taking the COVID-19 vaccine. People are unsure, uncertain about what to do, where to go for information because there's so many information out there and who to turn to and trust. Well, as believers, we should always remember that whatever invades or interrupts our lives, our living, our livelihood, that God, whom we claim to serve, is in control. We should never forget that, that God is in control, even when we don't understand. Let me interrupt you there. So you're saying that God allowed COVID-19 to happen? Of course, because if God didn't want it to happen, it would not have happened. But, Pastor, people have died from it. So how? why would God have allowed it? That's the thing. Um, as Isaiah chapter 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways. There are so many examples in the Bible where God allowed things to happen and people perish as a result. So I am not God. I can't really say the reason why God allows situation like that but never forget especially for those of us who claim to know the Lord that God is in control Amen that's the point I want to reiterate God is in control and just off the bat Job when he was going through the, the, the confusion to him he couldn't understand but those of us who have the word of God and can look at the story, we saw how God was orchestrating everything. So tonight I just want you to know, even though you don't understand why God would allow this thing to happen, he is in control. God has a purpose and a plan, not only for each one of us individually, but also for this world inclusively. This is very important. If you're not 
if you're not saved, God's plan for you, first of all, is to be saved. <laughs> for Christians, God's plan is for us to submit and surrender our lives to Him and serve Him. So God has a purpose and a plan. We may not understand this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and everything surrounded it, but we who are saved can trust the heart of God. He has proven himself over and over again to do what is right by working all things out for his glory and the ultimate good for those who love him and are living for him. That's very important. In Isaiah, in actually in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, God said to Abraham, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And God is still saying that to us today. God will always do what is right. Now concerning the topic for tonight, the mark of the beast and associating the COVID-19 vaccination with it. We are not hearing a lot presently about this right now, but especially, but we know especially when the, con when the pandemic started, like last year especially, you, you, this thing was just all over. This is the mark of the beast and all sorts of speculations. And putting microchips in the vaccine. <laughs> all kind of things, you know. <laughs> so, but you don't hear a lot of, it's still out there, but you just don't hear a lot. Maybe those who made that assertion, maybe they are just waiting to see what will happen. Maybe they're just waiting to see whether they were right with their assertion. Folks, we don't have to wait to know if they were right or wrong. Hmm. You know why? Because we have the Word of God. <laughs> there are some questions we need to ask and answer from the scripture concerning this. And let me just mention them because we're going to look at them later on. Is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Can a Christian receive the mark of the beast? Can a person get the mark of the beast and not aware of it? These are some of the questions that we're going to look at, especially when we get to... Um, this matter of the mark. Our text for tonight is Revelation chapter 13, especially verses 11 to verse 18. But we need to look at the context of these verses before we deal with the content of these verses. And the context starts all the way from chapter 12. 
chapter 12 of the book of Revelation is given over to Satan, who is called a dragon. In this chapter, he is in a war with God. A war against God, actually. In which he will try to annihilate Israel, God's earthly people, during the second half of the Great Tribulation period, known as the time of Jacob's trouble. Um, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. Chapter 13 now is about the Satanic League that will be formed in the middle of the Great Tribulation, climaxing with the mark of the beast. This league will consist of the unholy trinity, Satan, the dragon, the Antichrist, the first beast in Revelation chapter 13, and then the false prophet, which is the second beast that we're going to focus on most of our discussion tonight. So, so that's the context leading up to what we're going to deal with, the content that we're going to deal with. First of all, let me just mention quickly the first 10 verses of Revelation chapter 13 deal with a rootless beast. And the Bible says, And I look upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horn ten crowns, and upon his head the name Blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. We're going to um, stay right there because I'm not going to deal with this first beast. But I just want to read those introductory verses. And here we have a rootless beast. Daniel actually has a lot to say about this beast who is the Antichrist. He will be rootless. In these 10 verses, let me just mention, you'll find his description, how he's described. And those were some fierce animal, the leopard, the lion, the bear. And then you'll find his domination. Satan gave him authority and he will dominate everyone. But we're not discussing this, this ruthless beast. The one that we're going to discuss, <coughs> excuse me, is the religious beast from verse 11 down to verse 18. We'll, we'll just read these verses as we go along. But you will find that this beast tells us, the scripture tells us that he came from the earth and he's called 
in some other passages in Revelation, the false prophet. And I would like us to read these um, passages because here it's only mentioned, let me just read the first couple of verses. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he spake as a dragon, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. I'll just read those verses for now. But in chapter 16 of Revelation, verse 13, he is referred to as the false prophet with the first beast. Let me just read it for you. Revelation chapter 16, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirit-like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's the devil, and out of the mouth of the beast, that's the first beast, which is the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. This is the unholy trinity. Look again in um, Revelation chapter 19 now, verse 10. Revelation 19, 10. And I beheld, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Uh, I think I have the wrong verse here. I'm so sorry with this one. Revelation chapter 19. Um, uh, I think I put the wrong verse there. But let me just read chapter 20. Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night. So you see here that they are connected. So in chapter 13, <coughs> he only referred to as the beasts. But when you read Revelation chapter 16 and another verse in chapter 19 and chapter 20, he's clearly called the false prophet. Let me just jump in real quick and say that if you have a question, you can call in 1-268-462-7420. We're talking about the mark of the beast and that topic tonight. But if you have a question, feel free to call in again, 268-462-7420, no matter what your question is. You can WhatsApp or text your question to one 268 782-1454. Again, WhatsApp or text. It's a different number from the call-in number. So WhatsApp or text the following number, 1-268-782-1454. Or you can join us on Facebook Live. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page. Click on the Facebook Live video feed. And right there on your device, 
in the comment section, you can comment your question and it'll get asked of Pastor Martin live on the air in a timely manner. Pastor, you mentioned something in your introduction about uh, if you're a Christian, this is God's will for you. What about for the individual who says, I think I'm a Christian. I grew up going to church. I go to church. I've been baptized. Am I a Christian? Well, we know that the only way a person becomes a Christian, a believer, a child of God, is by recognizing, first of all, that he or she is a sinner, repented of that sin, and received Jesus Christ as Savior. There is no works. Titus clearly says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's according to his mercy he saved us. Mercy is withholding what we deserve. You know, grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. That's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, no good works can save a person. What about baptism? And baptism is, <laughs> I consider a work. Actually, people like to, to use um, passages about baptism, but some of them that they confuse with the, like First Corinthians chapter twelve verse thirteen, wherefore by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Greek, whether it be bond or free. They use passages like that, but the Bible clearly tells us when the Ethiopian talked to Philip, while Philip explained to him about the passage concerning Jesus. This is about Jesus. And obviously Philip told him all that he needed to do in order to be saved and to follow the Lord in believers' baptism to identify with Christ. When they came to a body of water, he said, look, there is water. What must I do? Yeah. And Philip said in Acts chapter 16, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the man says, I believe. And the Bible says, they went down in the water. So baptism really can't save a person. You were talking about, before I did the station ID, you were talking about the religious beast and the passage there, Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. And I believe you were in verses 11 and 12. Yeah, I'm going to deal with yeah. that right now. Um, so let's continue. Actually, as I said, from verse 11 to verse 13, deal with the religious beast. The verses before that deal with the rootless beast, the Antichrist himself. In chapter 13, from verse 11, you'll find that this religious beast or this religious person, this false prophet, is referred to as another beast. <laughs> Let me read it for you. And I beheld another beast. And that is very interesting because another means the same kind. <laughs> one just like the first one before. Okay. In the original language, that's yeah, what in another... nature, In his nature and in his character. Another of the same kind. That's the whole idea behind the word here. So although, 
I want you to get this. Although he will be a religious person, he will not be any different from the first beast in nature and character because both of them will be indwelled by Satan, the dragon. And that's what you find here. So it's another of the same kind. And this is so important to understand. And you know, actually there are three things we will note about this religious beast. Let me just mention them and then we'll look at them. But the last one we're going to spend most of our time. First we're going to note his mission. And then his miracles. And then his mark. Which is the mark of the beast. In looking at these three things, especially the last one, the mark, we will be able to answer the questions I posed earlier. What, was, what were those questions? First one was, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Can a Christian receive the mark of the beast? Can a person get the mark of the beast and not aware of it? So we're going to answer that question. But leading up to that, I want us to note his mission. And you'll find this in verse 11 and 12. This religious beast is called the false prophet and he will promote the person the plan the purpose and the program of Satan the dragon as he worked through the Antichrist his mission is to promote Satan you know one of the reasons why they are referred to as the unholy trinity. Satan is identified with God the Father, the Antichrist with Jesus Christ, and the false prophet with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we know that Jesus said that when he, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will just promote me, God, you know? And that's what we see here with the false prophet. Will this false prophet, is he a physical being or is it just a spirit that is being spoken figuratively of? He's going to be a physical person, just okay. like the Antichrist is a physical person. Or a person. Satan is a person. Mm. Just like God is a person. God is spirit. So um, he's going to be a physical person. An individual who will come on the scene and he will be such a great religious leader that as we will note the world will listen to him and gravitate to what he's saying about the Antichrist who is representing the jargon so the Antichrist would be more of a political leader and the Antichrist will be more of a political leader Okay, a powerful leader that will come on the scene and try to solve all the problems that this world is having and what what better time than people to be thinking maybe he's coming now because of what we're facing in this world today 
you know. So I could understand why people are leaning toward this perception, you know, because he's going to be a powerful political leader. So his mission will be to promote Satan, plan, program, purpose, and person. And there are three ways by which this will be done. If you note there in verse 11, he will disguise his person. The Bible tells us, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, hmm. and he spake as a dragon. So this false prophet will disguise his person, who he really is, by appearing on the scene as a lamb, a harmless, humble person. But he will only be a, a wolf in sheep clothing, as Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 tells us. As you read that verse, I was also thinking of isn't Satan also described as an angel of light? Light in Second Corinthians, yeah. yes. So it's, they always disguise it, yeah. pretending to be something that they are not. And, and we know that this is how many people are deceived today by false prophets, false preachers, false teachers who appear to be harmless and humble. But it will only be a matter of time before their true identity is realized. And this is what we see here. When he opened his mouth, he spoke like a jagger. <laughs> right there in verse 11. So, he will disguise his person. That's the first thing we know. The first part of verse 12, he will display his power. We are told that he exercises all the power of the first beast before him the power of Satan will be given to him from the Antichrist himself he will receive this power of Satan from the Antichrist and you know as I think about this religion has always been a tool in the hand of Satan and here we see it again using religion to accomplish its purpose. So you're saying that even in, let's see, make sure I get the year right, 2022. 2022. The end of January, that Satan is using religion as a tool? That, that sounds backwards to me. Can you expound on that a little bit? He has always used religion because what? We are created with a vacuum for God. Mm-hmm. And if the true God does not get his rightful place in our lives, then something else will take that possession. And that's where Satan step in and use whatever that thing is to manipulate and control a lot of people. Okay. And that's the time in which we live in. Um, so know. false false religions and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So so we note his um he will disguise his person. His true identity. He will display his power, power that he received from Satan through the Antichrist. And the latter part of verse 12, there's something else I want you to note. 
he will deploy his plan. Deploy means to bring into effect or effective action. And note what the latter part of verse 12 says. And cause it the earth and them who which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He will deploy his plan. Remember that the false prophet's main mission, we're still looking at his mission here, his main mission is to promote Satan, everything about Satan. And he will be able to bring it into action, into effect, by deceiving the inhabitants of the earth, trying to get them to worship Satan through the Antichrist. And that's what Satan wants. <laughs> I will be God. He wants worship, you know, and this Antichrist will be able to accomplish that. This false prophet through the Antichrist will be able to accomplish that. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. The name of the program is That's Truth. It is a live, interactive program here on Tuesday evenings for 90 minutes, and we are just over 30 minutes into the program, so we have just under an hour left. If you've just tuned in and you're saying, wait, the voice I hear teaching is sounds different, you're right. Pastor Murphy has not been able to join us tonight, but we have a very familiar lighthouse broadcaster voice here on the radio program to fill in for Pastor Murphy, and it's that of Pastor Martin, the pastor of Maranatha Baptist Church in Jennings Village, Antigua. The topic we're talking about tonight is the mark of the beast, but if you have a question about any topic, feel free to call in 1-268-462-7420, or you can WhatsApp or text your question to 268 782 Five, four. All right, we see a religious, we are looking at the religious beast. Revelation chapter 13 from verse 11 to verse 18. First we saw his mission. His mission will be to promote everything about Satan. That's verse 11 and 12. Now from verse 13 to 15, note his miracles. Note what the scripture says. And he doth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beasts, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So we see here his miracles. Verse 13 tells us that he will 
do miracles. So you're saying that Satan has the ability to do miraculous works. Satan has, God has allowed him. We have the example of Job. Hmm. We God allow him to cause fire to come down and destroy all what Job have caused boil and other stuff. Satan can do miracles. And we saw examples in the Old Testament with Moses, you know, and Pharaoh, a magician doing miracles. So, so if I see something that seems miraculous, not in the normal everyday life as expected, Pastor, how do I determine whether it's of God or whether it's of Satan? Uh, you know, that can be a tricky thing, you know, because we know God is not, God is a God of miracles. We can't limit God. Right. We know that's not his modus operandus right now. Um, God did a lot of miracles, especially during Elisha time and on even when Jesus on the earth. God still works miracles. But one of the, the ways to know whether um, a miracle is of God is especially if the, the, the person or whoever is saying that they're promoting these miracles are trying to preach another gospel, okay. another teaching that contrary to the scripture. Okay, so scripture is our reference point. Always, okay. always. That's our reference. That's our foundation. The word of God. Pastor, we have a question that has come in uh, from a listener. Good night. Could Pastor please explain 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, that spirit of the Antichrist? Who is John referring to? And let me just read that verse so we're all on the same page. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3 says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whether ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Okay, um, John has a lot, a couple of references in First John about the Antichrist. Who, and the spirit of Antichrist just really means um, that the, the, it has to do with the teaching, the, the false, as he said, deny Jesus Christ in the flesh. Anyone who preaches or teaches anything that is conflicting with Scripture, especially in relation to Jesus Christ, that's the Antichrist spirit there. Hmm. That's an attitude. And okay. That's an approach away from the Word of God. So he's not necessarily talking about a specific not a, individual. No, no, not a, sp- not a, a spirit. Okay. But it has to do with a, a belief, an attitude, you know, that is contrary, as he said, does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And that's referring to the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Thank you to the individual who sent in that question. If you have a question, feel free to send it in. 268-782-1454 is the WhatsApp or text number, or you can call and be put live on the air at 1-268-462-7420. And, you know, the, the Bible, it mentioned about a lot of antichrist spirit, like the antichrist approach, things just against Christ. 
especially the word of God. Those are antichrist, the spirit of antichrist, the attitude, the teaching, the belief that contradicts the Lord Jesus Christ, contradicts the word of God. You know. But what we're looking at is the person himself, the Antichrist who will come on the scene during the tribulation. First, in the, the tribulation, when we talk about the tribulation, we're talking about the seven year um, period of tribulation that will come after the rapture of the church. The next event on God's calendar is a rapture. And that could happen even while we are doing this program. Mm. And when that happens, sometime after that, the world will be in chaos. And this brilliant of a person will come on the scene with all the answer and people will rally to him. And when he is able to have everybody on his side, his true identity will come to reality in the middle of the tribulation. And this is where we are dealing with this matter. Revelation chapter 13 is actually dealing with that middle section of the tribulation. Revelation chapter 13. 13, 13. Okay. Yeah, the middle of, um, of the tribulation, the great tribulation. So, we're looking at um, this matter right here. And here, as I mentioned, chapter 13, there are two beasts mentioned. One is a rootless beast, which is the Antichrist himself, and the religious beast, which is the false prophet. And both of them are indwell, are controlled by the same person, Satan himself. We saw his mission. We're looking at his miracle. Verse 13 the Bible says that he will do miracles. It is not miracles that save, but the message, the message of the gospel. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 7, I want you, let me just read a couple of verses there. There are some people who, when they stand before the judgment, they will want to argue with God saying that they do great miracles. They cast out demons. Matthew chapter 7. It's a sobering passage. Yeah, very, very sobering passage. Verse 21 to 23. The scripture says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out demons? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So you see, it's not miracles. It's the message. The message of the gospel that saved. But this false prophet will do miracles. Miracles. That's what we note there in verse 13. Verse 12, verse 14 and 15 note something else. He will deceive many. <laughs> and that's what the verse says. 
and deceive them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and they die so he will not only do miracles he will deceive many deceived by his power that's what we note there power to do miracles he will be de he, he will deceive them by his persuasion many will be persuaded by him to do exactly what he wanted them to do he and then deceived by his program the program of the false prophet will be to have everyone on earth worship the image of the beast whom satan brought back to life it seems like there will be uh, a duplicate of the resurrection here hmm. where the Antichrist will die, I don't know, or seem to have died, and Satan will bring him back to life. And the world will wonder, amazement, you know, but the program being of this is to have them worship Satan through the Antichrist. That's the program. And he will accomplish that. So there will be people worshiping the Antichrist that don't necessarily ascribe to Satan worship? Is that a true statement? No. In the context here, whoever worship the Antichrist worship Satan. Do you think there would be people that would unknowingly do that? No, um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, because if you note what it says, those who don't worship will be killed. So that mm -hmm. means there will be those. And here we have again, if you're going to understand eschatology, the study of last things, after the church is raptured, all believers who are part of the body of Christ will be caught up. Jesus said, I've gone to heaven to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and get you. And when he gets us and takes us up, First Thessalonians chapter 4, yeah, First Corinthians chapter 15, say it will happen so fast and so on. The 144,000 will be sealed by God, will be a witness for God, and a lot of people will get saved during the tribulation period. And those who got saved, remember the first half of the tribulation will be a smooth running. Antichrist makes sure he have everybody under his control. And at the middle of the tribulation, his true identity, Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2 said he will, will get saved during the tribulation and those people will refuse to worship Satan and later on refuse the mark of the beast too and they will be killed you know so um, and that's what he said those who will not worship will die these will be people who have trusted God as Savior and refuse to worship 
um, the, um, the beast, Satan, and the Antichrist. So that's the miracles. The last thing we're going to look at now, and that's where we're dealing with the mark itself. So we note, we're looking at the religious beast. His mission is to promote Satan. His miracles <laughs> is to really deceive people so that they could worship Satan. And now his mark. Let me read from verse 16 downward. Then we'll look at this. It says, um, And he caused it all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that had understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six, six, six. His mark. What is the mark of the beast? Who will have the mark of the beast? Pastor, we have a caller. Yes, please, please go ahead. You're live on the air. Please go ahead quickly with your question. You're live on the air. Thank you for calling. That's truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a question to ask you. And if you are the host, can answer the question is this. Um, I've been in this program for many years. I think about two years now. And past and so on. And I've interacted with the program, right? And anybody who wants to tell me about Jesus Christ, I'm always willing to listen. Because I know that Jesus Christ gospel is the true gospel for so-called salvation through eternity, right? But to me, there's some kind of misunderstanding between the church's doctrine in the book of Revelation. Let me just speak and then you can, when I finish, um, I'm on a cell phone, you can um, respond, right? And what I'm saying, there are a lot of um, different interpretations of the 144,000 cards in the book of Revelation, right? There are some pastors who are teaching people that um, Jesus Christ is going to come soon and rapture his church and take up the, um, the bride. Which, I mean, let me just take up the bride now. Take up his church, right? Resurrection. And then after that, there are going to be 144,000 persons going to the earth preaching and saving persons. Now, my question is this. Who do Jesus Christ come to save? The saints all were saved, right? And he takes them off of the grave and off of the earth, up to paradise, right? Uh, and then he sent around 144,000 persons to preach to get people saved. Who will be the mediator for those persons who will be saved in that time? Because he, Jesus Christ, will have to be removed from the right hand of the Father to come for his church. And then if afterwards other people are going to get saved, what are you going to do? Return back to the right hand of the Father for the mediator to those persons are going to be saved. What my Bible teaches me is this. The 144,000 persons are going to be 
at Revelation chapter 60, verse 12. I'm, I use the King James authorized version. Revelation chapter 60, verse 12. Teaches me that when Jesus Christ comes at that time, and the heavenly part of the scroll, he wrapped his shirt a cross up in the air, right? Then there's a scene takes place in heaven of 144,000. Then the next instance of 144,000 mentioned in the Bible is Revelation chapter 14. And he says nothing about 144,000 people going to the earth to revive. I don't tell you where the, where the mistake is made. Let me, let me let me interrupt you. Let me let me I'm gonna fade you down and interrupt you. You're throwing a lot of information out there. And let's have Pastor Martin uh address it from an, an overall standpoint before we get uh, all kinds of confusion and more information out here than what we're able to respond to in an orderly manner. Uh Pastor Martin, what are your thoughts? The Bible clearly tells us that the 144,000 will come from the 12 tribes. That's very clear. And I mentioned in my introduction, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, um, Jacob's trouble. You see, the church, the church is a special entity. Um... That's why the Jews, they were expecting Jesus to come and just reign, take full control. But he came first to die for sinners and to call out the people. Unto, that's, what the, that's what the word church means, the ecclesia, a call out people to his name. And if you read Acts chapter 15, when they have the dispute with the elders and the Pharisees and so on, trying to say that um, you must be circumcised in order to be saved and all these things. Um, James came in and said, God had called out the people. And after that, after he finished with this special bride that the scripture referred to, he will resume his work with his people. And again, there's so many things you could address here because the 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 Daniel talk about the the, the sixty nine and the one more week to come. You know, they, 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 he touched so many things in his discussion, in his um, deliberation. But the whole point here, the one hundred and forty four thousand will be Jews that will be sealed during that time, the tribulation period. And God is going to use them to share the word of God. And many people will get saved. That's a study in itself. You know, that maybe Pastor Murphy can prepare a study in relation to that. This is his program. I'm just filling in here. But maybe he can prepare a, mess, a, a study, a systematic study in dealing with things like this. You know, And I think a lot of people go after Chuck, especially when it comes to eschological um, teaching and the way they get all confused but right now God is dealing with his church and Jesus said before in, in John chapter 14 
that you not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house and many mansions. I am going to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place, I will come back and receive you unto myself. The church is made up of Jews, Gentiles, you know, all kind of people, you know. But they go and, and tight. Um, First Thessalonians 4 said, God is descend from heaven and they'll be raptured and take up. At first Corinthians say it will happen in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. And then God is going to resume his work with the Jews, the nation of Israel. And the tribulation is going to be a time of dealing with them for rejecting Christ as Savior and all those unsaved persons who reject Christ. You know, but as I said, that's a study within itself. I know there's a lot of material, and you just alluded to it, a study within itself. And I know Pastor Murphy has uh, covered, answered questions on that topic in the past. But uh, the question, one of the questions that was brought up was, who will intercede for those who are saved during the tribulation period after the rapture? Uh, I can't say I've ever heard that question asked. What are, what are your thoughts? I realize putting you in the hot seat. Yeah, um, um, let me think. Presently, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the church is still on earth. Mm-hmm. And presently, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is interceding right. for us. Um, I'm trying to find um, a verse here, I believe is in... Hebrews chapter 7, uh, make it intercession for us. Uh, there are a couple of verses that clearly tell us that the Lord Jesus Christ presently. Looks like Romans 8.34. That's another uh-huh. verse. Uh-huh. Where he is, and I think Hebrews, there's one in Hebrews chapter 7, is where he is presently making intercession. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth ever liveth to make intercession for them. You know, so um, I don't know what he means about who will be making intercession for those on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus Christ is in heaven right now and he's making intercession for the saints. And Jesus Christ is that bridge between man and God, mm-hmm. no matter what time period, whether it's the Old Testament, present day, the church age, or the future. It's always Jesus Christ that we must go through. And that's exactly what First um, Timothy chapter 2 um, First Timothy chapter two um, tells us, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, yeah. who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. First Timothy chapter two verse five and six. So um, the gentleman covered a lot of things, yeah. but I think. Especially with the one hundred and forty-four thousand, and you mentioned Pastor Murphy did. Yes, he has answered questions in the past on that topic. You know, um, you know, but those are Jews from from the twelve tribe. You know, there is one religious group said that they are they are the one hundred and forty-four thousand, <laughs> but we know that's not so according to Scripture. Yeah, you know, but we have to stick with Scripture and. Um, 
company is scripture is scripture. In I think that's, that's a great point. It goes back to what you said very early on in your introduction. We're looking at what scripture says. That's our reference point. Yeah. Thank you to the individual who called in with that question. We appreciate you interacting with us on the program, and we trust that these answers from scripture were helpful. Uh, Pastor, I'll throw it back to you and let you continue your thoughts. You were just starting to talk about the mark. The mark yes. Um, the questions I ask are, what is the mark of the beast? Who will have the mark of the beast? Is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Can a believer take the mark of the beast accidentally? One of the first things we need to establish is that the mark of the beast is by no means a medical procedure. Okay. <laughs> and it will be and it will not be taken accidentally. It can't be taken accidentally. It's very clear, it's not a medical procedure. Should a Christian refuse to take the vaccine? fearing that it might just be used as the mark of the beast? That's a question, you know, there is no need to be even thinking like that. Because taking the vaccine, especially where there is so much, we know, controversy and conflicting argument, sh should be an individual choice. Yeah. You know, it should be an individual choice to take it or not to take it. We know that they are, um, to some extent, people are put in a position where they had no choice but to take it, you know. But people will not have a choice during this period of time that we're studying here, to some extent. <laughs> well, they have a choice, but there are consequences for that choice, you know. People death, will be... Pe death being the consequence. Yeah, people will be forced <laughs> to take it or suffer the consequences, as we know already. So what I would like to do now, i I like us to note some things, some truths, some teachings from Scripture in relation to the mark of the beast. And I'm going to present them in the form of a question. First, who will get this mark? Verse 16 of Revelation chapter 13. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their forehead. So the question, who will get this mark? We're told all, all the, uns, the people on earth who had rejected God. See? All unsaved people, every one of them, will be forced to take this mark if they're going to survive. And... It is kind of interesting because the word cause it means to cause by force. He will cause by force all classes of the unsaved 
to take this mark. Only an unsaved person will take this mark. Because anyone who takes this mark will be doomed, will, will, will seal their doom. And when you read Revelation chapter 16, verse 9, actually, we should do that. Revelation chapter 16, just read a couple of verses. Chapter 14 first. Revelation chapter 14 from verse 9, verse 11. It says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into uh, into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receiveth the mark of his name. So you know there, whoever takes this mark, those who refuse, we saw earlier, they'll be killed. But all those, don't matter their class, poor, rich, free, born, you take this mark, you will be sealed. Chapter 16 said something to that effect too. Revelation chapter 16 verse 2. And the first beast, uh, and and the first went and poured out his veil upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worship his image. Note, <laughs> worship having the mark. They accepted the Antichrist. They fell for him. They believe that he is their savior. And they will take his mark. You know, actually, verse chapter 20 is another verse. Chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they, and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that will, note this, beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped hmm. the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they live and reign with Christ a thousand years. We often hear the phrase something like, God is a God of second chances. If someone, and we may be delving into speculation here, but if someone receives the mark of the beast, have they crossed a bridge, burned a bridge that cannot be rebuilt? Are they forever unable to be saved? Do we know that clearly from Scripture, or is that delving into speculation? 
We're reading these verses, Hebrews, um, Revelation chapter 14, 9 to 11, chapter 16, verse 2, chapter 20, verse 4. Seems like whenever you cross that bridge, okay. your doom is sealed because it is an intellectual decision you made. You have come to the conclusion that this is the God that they want to worship. And you have accepted him. You worship him. And you take on his identity, his seal. And that seals you, your doom. So, um, and yes, <laughs> I think sometimes we have come to the end of people can step over. Yes, yeah. You know, God himself says, look, my spirit will not always strive with you. You know, and <laughs> the Bible also says, you know, God, God, God clearly says, you know, sometimes that's enough. Give you over to yourself. Romans chapter 1. He turned people over to their immoral life if that's what they want. And that's the worst kind of punishment you could ever think about. Where God give you over to your own sinful lifestyle. You know, so people can come to the end. So we we, we note here that um, when you ask the question, who will get the mark? All those who worship and accept the mark. Um, they're the ones and it doesn't matter the class that they're in as you read verse 16 another question where will be this mark the verse says the mark will be on the right hand or forehead those who will take this mark will have a choice to decide where they want the mark to put on their right hand or their forehead. We don't have people taking the back seat in their forehead, right? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, no. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, it is believed that this mark will be an initiation, a counterfeit of the mark or the seal of the servants of God mentioned there in as, um, Revelation chapter 7 you, you know God is going to seal his own if you turn over there we're going to read Revelation chapter 14 too but let me Revelation chapter 7 verse 3 it says talking about saying um, hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Look at chapter 14 verse 1. And I look and lo a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him an hundred forty and four thousand having his father's name written on their forehead. Interesting. So that's his referring to the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 4. And they shall see his face and his name shall be in their forehead. And that's why it is believed that this seal that Satan is introducing 
is try to counterfeit God's seal. And when you think about it, Satan try to have whatever God does, he has a counterfeit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why some people are just confused. You know, and um, but the mark will be the scripture is specific, the right hand or the forehead. That's what we find here in the scripture. Another question what will be this mark? <laughs> will it be a tattoo? A microchip placed under the skin? Or anything you could the vaccine will it be the vaccine uh, we know we have some technology today that is very powerful but um, any one of the DNA technologies that is in use today will it be that by which people can be identified instantly you know um a scan, you know. Um, I'm hearing that you can, you could be driving your car and they could know exactly who you are. <laughs> we have seen they put chip in people's hand and so on. Finger, you know, scanning, you know. Will it be any one of those things? What what answer to give with that? Well, let me just share two things that I think is important. It will be a mark of ownership by the beast. That's okay. very important. A mark that you belong to me. That's what we know for sure. It is the mark of the beast. And all who have this mark have his mark belong to him. They will be controlled by him. They will be committed to him. That's the mark of the beast. So whether you think it's a tattoo or whatever, one thing I know for sure, it will be a mark of ownership. Just like the servant of God will be sealed to show that they belong to God, God own them, and God was going to protect them, <laughs> provided for them during the tribulation. That's the same thing with the Antichrist. He's going to put his mark on his own. These people belong to me. And that's important to know. There's controversy of the mark of the beast and what it is and trying to avoid possible things that it could be. Uh, is not something necessarily new. Uh, just in the time of COVID, I remember hearing that, I don't recall that I was around during this time, but when UPCs or barcodes first came out, <laughs> yeah, there were some Christians that were <laughs> yeah. uh, antagonistic and very questioning of barcodes, uh, saying that that was uh, the mark of the beast or the lead into the mark of the beast. Uh, but I appreciate how you throughout the program I've been going back to scripture and we could if we wanted to go in the road of down the road of speculation we could play hours and hours of YouTube videos because yeah, it's yeah, out there yeah 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 I read that same thing too a lot of those all kind of sophisticated technology they think 
Yeah, we know that man knowledge is being increased and, and that's the mark of the beast. Well, I can't say that. One thing I could know, I could say that the mark will be a mark of ownership. Mm. And that's very clear. It is the beast mark, his mark. You know, this verse just comes to my mind. Second Corinthians, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth those who are his. Second mm. Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. And we know that when we trust Jesus Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And nobody can change that. Amen. You know, that's why you can't lose your salvation. Because you're sealed with the seal of promise according to Ephesians. And nobody can change. Well, it's the same thing with the mark of the beast. When you get that mark, you're sealed. <laughs> and nobody can change that. It's a mark of ownership. So that's the first thing I want you to note there. It will be a mark of ownership by the beast. Secondly, it will be a mark of obligation to the beast. Those who will have the mark of the beast will be obligated to the beast to worship him and to work for him. We read a couple of verses there already. Chapter 14, verse 9 to 11. Listen to what it says about and the third angel from verse 9 verse 11 and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and who receive his mark in his forehead. So and we had out some other scripture that some of them we already read. But those who will have this mark will be obligated to worship and work for the beast. <laughs> so it's a mark of ownership. It's a mark of obligation. Would you say that the vaccine is a mark of obligation to worship a beast, the beast? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> we know that <laughs> um, to travel to a certain country right now, if you don't have the vac vaccine, if you're not vaccinated, they don't let you in. So, um, and there's some workplace also, yeah. you know, that is used like that, you know, but it's, the vaccine is not the mark of the BC, the scripture. We have a question that has come in from a listener. Is the Antichrist the mark of the beast? No, the Antichrist is not the mark of the beast. 
If Jesus said to love our enemies and the Antichrist as our enemy, how can we love the Antichrist and the devil? <laughs> I I don't think I I saw any scripture that say that we should love the devil. Um, um, I guess people whom you consider as enemy, you know, the Bible says that we should love them. Talk about people. We should love everyone. But that doesn't mean that we would like what they're doing or support what they're doing. But we should love everyone. God, God loves everyone. Even in judgment, God shows mercy. And that's love. You know, so um, with that question, when he said love everyone, he's not telling us to go and love the devil. The Bible says resist the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Resist him, you know, and that's a strong word. You know, don't give him any place. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us this. So these are clear passages of scripture that tells us exactly how to relate to the devil. Thank you to the individual who sent in those questions. We have about seven and a half minutes left in this episode of That's Truth, and we've been talking about the mark of the beast, and if you've just tuned in, a lot of material has been covered. Uh, Pastor, in the last seven minutes, uh, what would you like to share with us about the mark of the beast? Yeah, we're going to wrap up before that. Um, As I was saying, um, we're looking at Revelation chapter 13. Let me just summarize quickly. Revelation chapter 13, and in that chapter, you have two beasts. Verse 1 covers verse 1 to verse 10. And this is the Antichrist, the rootless beast. So his description and his domination. But our focus is on the second beast, a religious beast, the false prophet who will be working for Satan. And we note his mission, his whole mission is to promote everything about Satan. So his miracles, Satan gave him power, and he'll perform miracles. He will do miracles. He will deceive many with those miracles by his power, his persuasion, and his program. And presently, we're looking at the mark, his mark. So his mission, his miracles, his mark. First question we ask, who will get this mark? Unsaved people irrespective of their class they will get this mark because they will be they will figure they will worship the beast and support him and he will identify them with this mark where will be this mark it will be in their right on the right hand or forehead what will be this mark it's not the vaccine the mark will be a mark of ownership and a mark of obligation. Obligation to worship the beast, Satan, and to work for him. Another question, why will there be, why will there be this mark? Verse 17. Revelation chapter 13, verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Why will there be this mark? There are two answers to that. 
to control the economical system. Bible says, no business transaction will take place without this mark. Everything will be under the control of the beast. <laughs> you know, um, we're living in a world right now where so far now nobody will be able to use cash. <laughs> you have to have a card or something. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I was traveling to a conference in Houston and I was passing to um, the airport there in New York. And to pay for my luggage, I... I was going. To, I tried to pay with cash. <laughs> you have to have a card. Wow! So I have to go to the machine and purchase a card. Hmm. You know, uh, but the system will be so organized during this time that there no economical business will take place without this man. And that's why people, as you said, he caused many to take the mark. He create such a system that you will be forced to some extent or you have no choice. Okay, you believe this is the system, this is the thing that is being worked, that, that will work and you just go through it. It's, 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 it's a lot that we may not even truly understand fully here. But why will be this map? To control the economical system. That's number one. Number two, to control the everyday system. Every area and aspect of everyday life will be under the control, the oversight, the operation of the Antichrist. No one will have any say, but will have to do what he said. Folks, the key to survive the economical and everyday system during the tribulation will be the mark of the beast. And that's why those who refuse to take that mark will be killed. They will be moved out of the way, you know. But those who want to survive will have to take that mark. Believers, as I said, who refuse will be killed according to the scripture. When you read chapter 6 of Revelation 9 to 11 and chapter 7, you'll find that um, they were killed for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. The last question that I have, when will there be this mark? This mark of the beast will come into effect sometime during the second half of the Great Tribulation. When the Antichrist will reveal his true color, his true character. And you can read Second Thessalonians chapter 2 from verse. As Christians, there is no need for us to be troubled with all that is seem to be happening in the world today. The Apostle Paul John, the Apostle John said in verse 18, he called for wisdom to understand in that day 
the number of the beast. It is the number of a man. But three times the number. You know. So, as believers, we know who is in control. Amen. And we just need to believe his word and behave his word. Two quick questions for you. Some people have said that the vaccine passport, the vaccine may not be the mark of the beast, but the vaccine passport is. Is that biblical? No, 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 not at all. And in the last 30 seconds, should how much time should I spend as a Christian trying to figure out who the Antichrist is? None at all. <laughs> because you will not be around when he comes on the scene, if you're truly saved. You'll mm-hmm. be caught up. Pastor Martin, thank you very much for all the information that you prepared for tonight's episode and that you shared with us. And thank you for keeping us back focused on scripture and not just down the road of speculation. I appreciate being here. Thanks for the opportunity. God bless. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth. Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kilohertz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time.